Hey guys, welcome to the Change Up Podcast. Josh and Chad here. This is where we talk about culturally relevant topics, but we look at them through an honest gospel worldview. Let's get it. What's up, Chad? What's going on? Um, today, we're going to put out a trigger warning. Trigger. People are going to get triggered on this one. <laughs> well, not too much triggered, I would say, but uh, it's going to strike a chord mm-hmm. if you are a father. Yeah. We're talking about biblical fatherhood. Yeah. And it's it, sh- it should strike a chord, but for everyone to know, it's first striking a chord with us. Right. We're going to be first at admitting yeah. our failures in this area right. many many times so before you turn it off if you're dad don't we're in it with you we've made a ton of mistakes even as myself being a pastor i make plenty of them josh being josh doing all the things <laughs> that he does being a campus outreach director now just because we're in spiritual positions doesn't mean that we're extra spiritual that we have it all together the opposite's true um I have plenty of days when i fail i feel like a failure more than i succeed Yo, let's start off by um, breaking the tension with maybe mm-hmm. some stories of what a bad day being a father looks like. <laughs> and then we can end it with a good day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what does it look like for you? What's a bad day? I've got so many. I'm like trying to figure out which, which oh, data. My wife is calling me. Which She just knew it. <laughs> um, let's see. Bad day. Well, typically a bad day is me... Um, uh, hitting, um, Uh-oh. what? Hitting what? Who? Oh, no, hitting <laughs> snooze on my alarm. I was oh, it started, okay. About four or five times because I stayed up too late. Or when I get allergies, like lately, man, the mornings are really tough on me. It doesn't matter how early I go to bed. I just feel like I'm waking up in a cloud and a fog because of the allergies. Yeah. So, um, choosing, uh, comfort over just getting up. Which throws the whole day off, obviously, because, I mean, my kids, they get up around, like, 6.15, immediately coming in the room, like, ready, to, ready to rock, and I'm like, I don't have time for this right now, which I do have time for it. But, so, that starts a bad day. Then I feel overwhelmed by maybe the tasks and work that I have, and so I rush my time with the Lord and um, rush getting the kids ready, and so in the rushing, I'm short, irritable, Kids are playing and roughhousing and doing what kids do, and I'm yelling at them, you know, constantly and uh, not showing a whole lot of grace or communicating. And then take them usually to, you know, my wife Marie, she's a personal trainer, and so she's usually at the gym early in the mornings. And so usually I take them over there to drop them off to her before I go into work. And then I'm hit with a barrage of just responsibilities that, um, that I have as a pastor and and as a director at the Nehemiah Project and everything that got going on. So then my day feels like a whirlwind, and then I'm coming home. You said it earlier. Um, we tend to save our margin for home instead of, like, really having good margin throughout our day. Yeah. And so come home, I'm just wiped, have no emotional energy left. And, of course, the kids want to play. I don't want to play. Uh, I'd rather look at my phone or or 
watch a show and not engage. And, mm-hmm. and then just go to bed upset and the kids feel like they didn't get a chance to connect with me at all or be invested yeah. in me at all or or whatever. And so, I mean, that's that's uh, thankfully not a normal day, but that's definitely right. what, a, what my worst day looks like. Like no spiritual right growth in that day for you no. or your kids. I just feel convicted all day long and usually, we'll talk about this later, usually that ends with me coming to them the next day or maybe late that night and saying, hey, I'm sorry, Dad um, sinned by yelling at you all and being preoccupied with things that I shouldn't be and you guys deserve my attention and so I'm sorry and will you forgive me and Dad's sinful and needs grace from Christ and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. I usually tell him First John 1, 8 through, 9, 8 through 10. First uh, John 1, yeah, <clears throat> 8 through 10 and how... Hey, I'm sinful, and like, I, if I confess, God's faithful and just forgive me my sin and cleanse me my unrighteousness. And so, I use that as a teachable moment usually, um, and that usually you know helps. But yeah, but yeah, not much of a not much of a day on those days for sure. It's a uh, pretty rough. Well, it's tough because like I've put more and more burden on me in the last three years as mm-hmm. a father. Because I've taken more responsibility as being a shepherd to them, mm-hmm. not just like a, the responsibility of keeping them alive that right. is still present because sure. they're young, but then also the responsibility of teaching them about the mm-hmm. world. But now add to that the responsibility of spirituality and knowing God, right? You know, like Deuteronomy six. Yeah, you know Deuteronomy six. Uh, this is kind of the passage we'll work from today. It, and it starts in verse 4. And I love it starts with the two greatest commandments. So it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. So first and foremost, worshiping God above everything else. And then verse 6, and says, And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Um, and so it's it's a command, the greatest commandment should drive us to genuinely love God and teach about the gospel everywhere we go, including being diligent to teach those to our children. Yeah, and I just think the focus of teaching God to our children has, like, we've lost that focus. Yeah. It, we've kind of defaulted to— For sure. Um, letting them get it at church because mm-hmm. now we have children's church and, you know, all this time and all these resources mm-hmm. for kids specifically. Right. We, we kind of, like, check the box. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like we do with education. You know, like we just send our kids to school and we don't teach our kids anything. You know? Yeah. I mean, we, we probably all teach them stuff, but um, well, we, we don't them teach them math, whether, spelling. <laughs> we teach them something whether we intentionally do it or not. For sure. For sure. But you're right. Like our, in our society, the norm, and we'll just talk about Christian culture, the cultural Christianity, even in decent churches, is hey, I want my kids to be involved in church. I take them to church, to the kids' church, and that's where they're going to learn about memorizing scripture. That's where they're going to learn to pray. And we kind of um, abdicate. abdicate that over to the church to do for us as families. And there's not a whole lot of like family worship or investment outside of those organizations of the the organization of the church. Well, I remember when I was um, not growing in my faith at all, but still holding on to the faith. Mm -hmm. 
trying out churches and not enjoying going to church at all. Mm-hmm. But because I had kids saying, well, I, I definitely want to keep them in church because maybe it'll be real to them. Right. I, like Which basically saying like the, the church will expose yeah. them to God and, yeah. you know, because like I just couldn't really get into it. You yeah. know, that was my excuse. and mm-hmm. But I, I didn't want to like rob them of that because yeah. like maybe they'll really love God and mm-hmm. like buy into this whole thing. You know, like that was <laughs> right. kind of my thinking. Which and, is kind of silly if you think about it. Like, why would you want them to buy into it if you don't? You know what I mean? But that is a what you're saying is a, a general thought that I. Well, think I think I've it was just like lot. pride and arrogance. Like I'm just like I have too hard a time looking at this because I'm so smart. You know, yeah. I just see the intellectual side of it, sure. and I just I can't have faith. I can't have blind faith. You know, yeah. maybe they can and they'll enjoy it. Well, and I just bring that up not to point out to you, but I think I've heard that sentiment. I can't tell you how many times over the years as a pastor hearing people say like, you know, once we had kids, we, you know, we want our kids to be able to go to church and learn about God when the parents have no desire right. to do that. It's like, it doesn't, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense if you don't yourself trust God. Like, why would you do that? But, yeah. but that's a pretty normal sentiment in our society. It's more of a cultural idea, I think. Yeah. So I was just throwing it out there. Well, so my bad day as a father yeah, looks don't like leave me, leave me hanging. You made me do it, then you <laughs> just know. like keep moving. <laughs> um, morning times usually super busy, mm-hmm. distracted. If I'm even there, and like I'll try to leave a lot of times before they wake up because then it's like hard to leave because mm-hmm. they're like, Dad, don't leave us. You always leave us. So you gotta. Mm-hmm. And so I like try to get out of there beforehand but if not then on a bad day i'm distracted just like going through the motions i'm usually in my computer like working um and so they just see me do that so they'll they'll end up either ignoring me or keep bugging me until i you know yell at them Mm -hmm. and then same thing like when i get out like i go out i have a million fires to put out like Mm -hmm. phone calls text messages like Mm -hmm. running around the projects that sort of thing right and then come home ready to relax and there's nothing like nothing about being home with four young kids is relaxing <laughs> right. and so it's right. chaos from the time i get home until mm-hmm. bedtime and all i want to do is relax and so you know they trigger mm-hmm. me and i end up yelling at them and then we'll end the lately we've you know we'll end on a with a bible story and a short prayer mm-hmm. you know like even on a bad day mm-hmm. or i guess a worst the worst day we won't even do that we'll just yell right. at them sit in their beds and spank them until they fall asleep <laughs> this is the bad day not normative <laughs> right, right just to be clear um sure. so the point is um i you already said it but basically mm-hmm. we want to we want to be home and we don't look at our family as a responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like we, we look at it as like they're, it's a responsibility when there are fires to put out. When right. someone's fighting, when someone's getting hit, we don't look at every moment as an intentional teaching opportunity. Right. And so the thing that scared me mm-hmm. into being way more intentional, which just ended up putting a lot more burden on me, which like now I feel the failure when I don't do this. Sure. But basically – students or kids are leaving the faith like crazy when they get to college. Right. And I know this because I've researched it. One, because when I was getting into discipling my own family, and that's Mm -hmm. kind of what we're leading to in this podcast, I I came across statistics. But now as a a college Mm -hmm. minister on campus, like we see the – the problems that are happening at campus. And it's this, like, all these beliefs that students can pick up that may work for you, may not, 
and they show up without a commitment to Christ. They don't have their own personal faith. Mm. So 70 to 90% of students who grow up in a Christian home will leave their faith by the end of their freshman year. Right. And that should alarm all of us as Christian families and parents. Yes, yeah, like, and the question is why? Like there, they're, definitely they're like going a, to church. There's definitely an epidemic happening. Like it's a bad thing. Yeah. You know, it, yeah, we can't control the faith of our children. They got to make a choice. But when the statistics are that high, there's definitely something broken. Yeah. In in the way that we're we're leading out as parents, and and I think we're we're failing that command to to teach things of God diligently to our children. Um, but I like how that is set up in this verse. Cause I think it really helps us see what what is meant here, because. First and foremost, it comes out of a genuine worship yourself. Yes, that's number you know, one. He starts with number four is the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. That's a prerequisite to discipling your kids well. Yeah. It's not a formula. We can't teach moralism to our children. It's not gonna it's not gonna make them love God. Meaning right. like we do all the right formulas, we take them to church, we have the family vacations, we do the things at home, we have Bible study once a week, you know, we do all these things. That's not going to cause our children to, to want God because they'll see through that. Mm-hmm. If that's not out of a place of genuine worship yourself to the Lord, and this is convicting to all of us, kids sense that. I, I know oh, yeah. I did. They're great lie detectors. Oh, for sure. Um, we say often more is caught than taught, and that's that's a general truth. I mean, obviously— um, you got to teach as well <laughs> to understand things. But what what's meant by that is your actions are what back up your words. And so as a as a father, um, we're primarily talking to fathers right now, but you know moms too. If if you're not going throughout your home, living out a genuine faith, and your kids see that you genuinely love God, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, um, for sure. And then. In that same passage, after he gets through that in verses 4 and 5, when he says, With all your soul, with all your mind, and these words I command you you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. So then it's out of that overflow of genuine love for God. You teach the things of God that you're learning yourself to your children, living them out, talking about them. Yeah. And I think that has a greater impact. You know, if we want our kids to genuinely love God, we have to genuinely love God ourselves. Yeah. I mean, it has to Well, that was the conclusion I came to, like, doing research and reading books on, okay, Mm -hmm. what does it look like to disciple my family, is the reason they're not sticking with the faith is because they're never seeing a genuine faith lived out. And so that was what convicted me to go into ministry or to begin praying about, Mm -hmm. like, God just doing whatever. And maybe this is a selfish motivation, but it was like— Above all else, like as regards to my family, like I want my kids to love the Lord and know that he's real. Mm-hmm. And so maybe like maybe they decide not to follow the Lord. At least they'll know mm-hmm. he's real. Right. And they'll know he's real because I'm going to live a life that displays the glory of God. Right. And I'm going to do that. So what motivated me to do that was reading a book um, about George Mueller mm-hmm. that Pastor Sam recommended I don't know, a year ago or yeah, two years ago. And basically there was this story in the book where um, George like prayed for everything. Mm-hmm. Like he raised all this money for orphanages, but he never asked for anything. He just prayed for it and mm-hmm. things would happen. Right. 
And there was this one story in the book where they ran out of food. And he, was, he had been running orphanages for, I don't know, 10, 15 years at the time. They had never run out of food. Right. And the kids came to him, and he was older at the time. And he, he you know, it wasn't like day-to-day activities anymore. Like, mm-hmm. he kind of had, like, a team built for that. And they're like, George, we're out of food. We don't know what to do. And so he walks in there, and he's like, well, let's pray. And so they pray. Someone knocks at the door. Yeah. And it was a guy with a milk cart and a bread cart. And he's like, hey, it broke down in the road. I need to offload all this milk and bread so I can get it back to town. Can you take it? Right, because it would spoil. It would spoil if it would sit there. And so I remember reading that, and my my eight-year-old at the time, Tatum, Mm -hmm. her jaw dropped, and she was like, it's like a fairy tale. (laughs) Right. And so it just hit me like she saw the glory of God because of the way that George Mueller lived. Right. It's like she got to see that lived out. Mm -hmm. And so now I want her to be able to see that in my life. Right. And, Absolutely. and it's like, so how can we do that instead of just defaulting mm-hmm. to sending them to church? Right. If you think about it, you got yeah. 168 hours in a week and they're only getting an, an hour or so of God input. Like, that's not yeah. what diligently in, the, in Deuteronomy no. 6 is speaking about. And it's got to be holistic, which holistic comes from, like I said, a genuine faith of your own. So let's talk through that. Let's give some practical help. And we'll, we'll probably do multiple episodes on this subject because there's so many different paths that we could take. But just from that premise, let's start with, okay, if a genuine faith is what's most important to then begin to to shepherd your children, what are the things that get in the way of your own faith? Like it starts with pulling the weeds out of your own heart first. Because mm-hmm. once again, it's, this is not formulaic. This is not behavior modification. That's not going to produce... A genuine faith in yourself or into your family. That what's going to produce a genuine faith is uprooting the idols in your own heart and truly loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all yeah. your soul. And when that becomes true, then the the how tos of investing in your kids becomes a lot more clear and less formulaic, but more um, intentional and diligent. Mm-hmm. And so, let's start with. We'll start with ourselves, and then we'll end with maybe some just practical advice of ways to invest in your children as well. Yeah. But how do we uproot the idols out of our own lives, out of our own hearts? What are some things, what are some typical idolatries or things that that are that we do that are culturally normal that we got to start rethinking? Like, we'll start off, you said it earlier when we were just talking, but our time. Like maybe you can add to that or or lead us through that about being more intentional with our time and having margin. Yeah. Well, I think the typical mindset, and this was certainly mine, is like I leave the house to work mm-hmm. and then I come back to the home to rest. Right. And that's okay when you don't have kids <laughs> and you can work longer and harder and then you come home and rest harder. You can sleep, you can go to sleep late, you can sleep in, like you can relax on the couch from five to seven and like <laughs> call, call and take out or whatever. But when you have kids, you can no longer do that. Mm-hmm. And so if you're wiped out when you get home, you have to have margin to be intentional mm-hmm. during that time. From, and like you ever hear the witching hour mm-hmm. at like dinner time? Yeah. Well, I feel like it's like that because we should be spending quality time. Like, I've noticed if we, like, get up and go for a walk from, like, 4 to 6 or whatever and, like, go out and just, like, which is hard because it messes up the routine, right? Like, Mm -hmm. 
But if we do that, like, we're together. You know, there's not, like, a lot of griping and complaining. And it, you can use that time to, like, teach and instruct and be intentional. Yeah. So I think there's this mindset that we need to rest. And you talk about idolatries, this the idol of comfort yeah. in our homes. Like, right. that's that's not what our home is for. Mm-hmm. Our, our, our bed is to sleep. But right. our home is not to rest. It's to be intentional to our kids, which is, should be our number one priority. Right. And our spouses as fathers. Of course. You know. Of course. We'll throw that in there for all the wives. We're like, hey, what about us? Hold <laughs> on. Hold on. Hey. Yes. But, yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. Comfort is an idol that definitely gets in the way of our parenting. Like you said, we go to work, we work hard, and then and then we come home and we just want to rest and we want to veg out. We want to... We want to be released from our responsibility. When for a father, listen, this is for young men out there who want to get married and all this stuff, please listen. When you have children, when you get married and then when you have children, you're signing up for a responsibility yeah. to lead and shepherd, and you don't get to relax when you get home. Yeah. Like that's gone, you know, and that's okay. The Lord will sustain you, but just you have to change our mindset. doesn't mean that there won't be times of, the whole family's resting or, you know, whatever. But, like, your first priority is to invest. Second idol I see a lot is success. I think what drives sometimes the comfort and success go together because, you know, a lot of that busyness, like constantly working or constantly grinding, is there's this pull sometimes, especially in men, to be successful, to make a lot of money, to, mm-hmm. to drive business and all that stuff. Nothing wrong with being successful. But when that becomes a priority over God and over your family, that becomes an idol. Yeah. Right. When it really makes parenting so much more difficult because you don't have as many metrics with your kids. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're in business, you got all these metrics. It's it's not easy. Like be, owning a business is hard, yeah. but it's much easier than parenting. Mm-hmm. Like parenting is just constant failure. You're hoping like yeah. <laughs> the truths are setting in their hearts, you know. Like, right. We'll see in 20 years. I don't know. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's – um, just the metrics mm-hmm, is, sure. is difficult because they're lacking in parenting. Right. But we're going to lay out some of them here that I think we can shoot for and strive mm-hmm. for. Right. I'll say another one is control. A hundred percent. Drives success. You know, like all that working diligently is trying to control the outcome or the comfort of your family by having enough money and all this stuff instead of trusting God and trusting that he's going to provide. Yes, we should be faithful. Yes, we should work diligently. But there's got to be a balance. Well, I was going to go control with my anger at the house because I want to control my kids, and you can't. Right. And so it turns into anger because I just want the house to look a certain way. Right, or you want the kids to behave a certain way, and they're sinful little beings. It's like, I'll I'll be intentional if you guys all behave 100%. Right, you all respond to my intentionality the way I intentionally meant for you to. (laughs) Exactly. And I think, I definitely found this to be true, that Mm -hmm. the more I tried to disciple and lead, the more kickback I got. Yeah. The more intentional and, like, in tune to the home because I neglected it for so long— the harder it was. And it's still really, really hard. Right. You know? And it's also control messes up the holistic mindset of discipleship, of, like, being okay with things being a little bit messy because you're trying to disciple little messy kids with sinful hearts that yeah. don't understand things. And and so when you have idle control, it doesn't leave a lot of room for grace, you know. Um, another one's Approval. One of the biggest reasons why we sit on our phones constantly looking at social media, messing around is approval-driven stuff or 
we get angry and upset at our kids or, or whatever when they embarrass us in public and they're not acting in a certain way or they're not acting like the kid down the road or the family, you know. And that all impacts our kids of, to feel like that what's more important is how they behave, not not what they love or who they love or yeah. what they worship, you know. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. We definitely need to discipline our kids and teach them for sure. But our goal is to shape their hearts and, and minister to their hearts and shepherd their hearts to to love God, and that'll produce fruit of godly behavior. Yeah, we, we've got to be careful not to just create moral kids that 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 get that get our approval when they act a certain way, and so they just learn how to act, but their hearts never are shaped. Right. Yeah, it may make your time at home easier mm-hmm. and more enjoyable, but you're missing right. out on the um, sharing and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like basically get, like building up their own faith. Yeah, for sure. Because your faith in them is not going to sustain them through college or right. their young adult years. Yeah, they got to eventually own their own faith. And and that's why it's so important for us to show our genuine faith God, because we want to lead them to wanting to know God themselves. Yeah. Like we get to know him. You know? Which the thing that's going to do that the most, I think, mm-hmm. is them watching God change us. Absolutely. Because that's what the power of the gospel does. Right. It changes us from the inside out, and so they have to see that. Right. Well, let me lay out the last and probably most important, I think, uh, idol or sin, and then we'll go into some just practical advice. But Pride. All of these issues we just said sit upon top of pride, where we want to be gods. We don't want God to be God. We want to be gods of our own house. We want to. We want the approval. We want the. We want the adulation. We want yeah the world to revolve around us, especially as fathers. Papa Bear sitting in his recliner, his kids bringing him drinks, right. and and that's just a sinful, prideful heart. Yeah, we got to repent of. Uh-huh. That's not. That's not what we're called to. We're called to love. And lead like Christ. We're supposed to love our wives like Christ loved the church. We're supposed to shepherd our children like Christ, you know, as as under shepherds of Christ servants. in our families and yeah. servants. And Christ's leadership was, even, you know, he was a servant leadership. He, you know, he washed the feet of his disciples. He went to the cross on our behalf even when we were still sinners. Christ died for us, Romans 5, 8. Yeah. That's what we're called to. Um, so, yeah, we, we are last. <laughs> we're, yeah. not, we're not meant to be... Uh, we're not the king of our castle, as right? You've heard, you know, that's silly, you know. But that is, I think, bred into us, not like well, it's bred into us overt or subvertly, mm-hmm. um, or For subtly. Sure. Like, we don't even know we live that way, but that's just the way our parents raised us and their parents yeah. raised us. And it was this like American lifestyle, right? That we have to break, absolutely, in order to take on because we can't disciple our kids through control. Like, no. it doesn't look like, it looks like servanthood. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so, and that doesn't mean that we don't, we don't uh, discipline and, and lead and have confidence in our leadership. It's just the attitude of our leadership is about serving our families and, and teaching our children, shaping their hearts, not mm-hmm. about our own adulation, or our own um, worship, <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. worship of ourselves. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so... With those things being said, working on those, and those are going to be constant struggles, uh, things I'm repenting of constantly. So I'm not saying this as an expert that has figured it all out. I'm saying it from a place of a, of a guy who has good days and bad days and, and repents of all those things I just said uh, periodically yeah. and consistently. 
And so what are some ways we should be holistically investing in our families? This idea of Deuteronomy 6 that, you know, where he says, teach them diligent to your children and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Just this holistic, constantly thinking about the gospel and investing the gospel and talking about who Christ is and giving God glory wherever we go. What are some um, pointers that we can we can share that have been helpful to us, Josh? Well, I think you can kind of distill it all to three things. Okay. Read, sing, pray. Hey, there you go. So that's like what family worship should look like, worshiping in your home. Mm-hmm. You're reading the, the word together. You're singing the word together, and yeah. you're praying together. Yeah. And through those three things, you're going to hit all of the other things. Sure. But the— and I think that may start out a little mechanical, just like when you f- start reading the Bible mm-hmm. for the first time. Like, it's just like, what am I doing here? No clue. And But after a year of doing it diligently, it's going to start to get more real. Mm-hmm. And kids are, you're going to start, like, they're going to start singing scripture instead right. of singing the Descendant soundtrack, you know? <laughs> right. And it's right. going to be a beautiful thing. And you're like, that's really paying off, you know? And yeah. then you're going to pray through and they're going to hear you repent. And confess yeah. in front of the whole family, and mm-hmm. they're going to see you like working. Like for me, my uh, the past I don't know, six months has been me like I'm not going to yell in my house anymore. Yeah, I yell all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and like some people, are like you can yell, and I'm not like I don't think it's necessarily a sin to yell. I don't know. I'm not like telling it to sure, anyone, sure. but I was convicted because I control through yelling, and sure. I had an idol of control in my home, mm-hmm. and so I'm like I'm going to let. God change me, mm-hmm. and they're going to see God change me through yelling. And they're going to yeah. be like, wow, I can't believe this dude never yells anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, it's definitely been a slow process. But the point is they know that I'm struggling through that and I always repent and I always apologize to them. And they know, like, they're seeing God work through me mm-hmm. in that way. So Yeah, I think it, you're right. I think it's doing the spiritual disciplines in your home regularly, um, daily at some level doesn't mean you have to have a Bible study every single day, um, but that wouldn't be bad if you did. But definitely studying the Bible, definitely memorizing Scripture, definitely talking and meditating on God's Word together. I think it's important, like, sometimes, and I'll, and I'll couple this with um, looking for teachable moments in everyday life. Uh, I usually use those moments to talk about a meaning of Scripture and help them see how that plays out in real life. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, yesterday um, for family worship, Wednesday nights, like our family worship night, we have a Monday night Bible study. I do it dinner, dinner Bible study, and then we have Wednesday night family worship where we're singing and praying and, and reading some together. And um, for this Wednesday, I, I called Marie and said, you know, I think I need some time with Hudson, my son, just to invest some more and, and be good for her to spend some time with Jules. And so that's what we did, and it was great. And um, we talked about when he and I, one, and this will couple something else that I'll get to in a minute, but the first thing was we talked about trials, and it was cool because he's playing baseball right now. He's he's getting better at some things. He's having some struggles in some other areas. You know, They've lost three times this season so far, and he was just talking about all that stuff. And it was a great opportunity for, for me to say, like, well, what do you think happened in those three games where you guys lost? And at first he was just like, you know, as we all do, he's, like, making excuses and stuff. I'm like, hey, you know, we learn a lot more from, a lot of times from our failures than we do our successes. 
And I get that from James 1. I talked about James 1, you know, and trials, right? And we're able to talk about that and see, like, you know, losing or, or making a mistake is is a trial, you know, of various kinds that it, it can produce faith and it can help you grow in your faith and be diligent. And we had a great discussion about that to take a real-life example from his own life where he can understand at his level and apply a Bible verse that we've talked about and studied before in the past. You know? mm-hmm. um, and then I was able to talk about my own trials and some struggles I was having lately and areas of sin. And so so I think taking teachable moments is important because that shows that your faith is is real. It's not just a Bible study where you read it and talk about it, but you actually live it out and use it in life. But then another way that I, I think showing genuine faith to your kids is confessing sin to them and to the Lord in front of them, like you talked about, through prayer, but through confession. And, you know, the reason why I wanted to take him out is these past couple of weeks, I, I feel like I've really neglected good time with him individually. And he's a sensitive kid, and I can tell when it's messing with him. You know, my, my daughter, it affects her too, but she is one that she'll come to me and she'll kind of like make me play with her <laughs> in a way, you know, yeah. like, not like make me, but she'll she'll get my attention and then it'll Does snap she me like out make up what you have to say when she's a man. No, like dad, you're this animal, and I will start like being the voice. Of the, like, no, 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 you can't talk like that. No. You gotta, <laughs> she didn't do that, but I'm like stop controlling me. But she'll come and like jump on my lap and be like, daddy, daddy, you know. And so um, she gets my attention where Hudson won't do that, but I can tell it hurts him, you know, that I'm yeah. not like engaging with him. And so it was cool to just be able to sit down with him in our time together and just say, hey, I want to I wanna ask your forgiveness for being neglectful to you in the past couple of weeks. I know I haven't been paying attention to you. I know we haven't had a whole lot of hanging out time. and I know I've been irritable and I've yelled at you a couple of times. Will you forgive me? Um, and was able to say, hey, dad's sinful and dad needs grace. We talked through, you know, First John 1, 9 and how I need to confess and and it's okay, you know, but I'm I'm trying to learn from it. And so yeah. I repented to him and then prayed with him and and so it was and I could tell like it really it I saw him transform in that like after that, like when we were hanging out, like he was much more light and and wanted to tell me about stuff and excited mm-hmm. to tell me about stuff, you know, cuz I could tell, you know, he was holding back from me cuz he felt neglected by me, you know. Yeah. But <clears throat> Well, it's counterintuitive, yeah. too, because we think as the dad, we want to be, like, strong and perfect. Yeah. And as we be, as we're vulnerable and we let down that guard, mm-hmm. like, it almost gives the kids a more, right. like, um, safe feeling. Yeah. Because they know their dad's being honest with them. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, God's in control. I think yeah. we're, we're teaching them that And slowly. I think that's the big thing is. When you're when you're confessing sin and being genuine like that, you're showing them that God is actually in control, and you're not like you're not putting on this front of I have everything figured out. Because listen, they know, we all know that. Like, if anybody ever acts like that, you immediately in your mind, even if you don't think it, you know, uh, specifically, you you kind of don't trust that person. You're like, nah, you're not really being honest, right? You know what I mean? But if someone says like. You know, sometimes I, I really mess up, and sometimes, you know, like, you're like, yeah, because I do too, and yeah. who doesn't? We're all sinful, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And our kids especially, even with dads, we have this pressure to, like, always be right and always, and that's not the goal. The goal is, 
hey, I want to shepherd your heart in Christ, and I want to show you that I need Christ, and that, yeah. and that's a joy. Like, man, that's God's grace, and I'm thankful that even when I'm not perfect, He's good, and He's He's going to make up for my mistakes, <laughs> right? You know, in that way. Well, yeah, because if you think like no one would naturally show anyone else their weakness, right? When you do that, when you expose yourself, it's because you have confidence mm-hmm. in something greater like a greater strength yeah you're, well you're showing when i'm weak he's strong like you're living that out yeah like, I, it's okay that i'm weak right you know christ is the one who is strong yeah i know this this feels like a vulnerability but i'm admitting that i'm not perfect because yeah. i know god is for sure so i think that's important um to be genuine and in, in living out your faith in all those ways that we've talked about uh, in front of your kids genuinely I think will make a greater impact than any sort of moralistic, any sort of formulaic, any sort of taking them yeah, to certain events to right. hope they get the gospel Camps that way. And churches and not all to say stuff. any of those things are bad. Church is awesome. Camps are great. They should all supplement and but, reinforce what exactly. you're teaching at your house. Exactly, and and I think that would make a that makes a big difference. Yeah, with our families. One if. If that seems, what you just described, seems too lofty of a goal for a dad that hasn't discipled their kid ever, then I would say you don't have to start there. You may not have, like, biblical references and insights right away Mm -hmm. because maybe you haven't studied the Bible. But but that's fine. You still have to start somewhere. Well, that circles back to point one. Hey, you need to repent of your own sin, and hey, go to your pastors. Go Like, if you're at the field church— you know we do discipleship here. Like maybe you need to be discipled yourself. And, yeah, and ask for resources and have someone to hold you accountable and help you. you when know? as you're doing that, keep your kids in the loop that you're doing that. Absolutely. Like, like at dinner table, like we do. We've been doing this lately. Like highlight, low light. Mm-hmm. Graham loves it. He says highlight, highlight, <laughs> highlight, and they'll have like four. He's Always like, okay, good. guy, three highlights and two low light. <laughs> Um, but like share that with them. Like, Oh, so I went to my pastor today. Like you're teaching them through story and through experiences. Yeah. Not like kids, you should always go to your pastor when you need training. Like, Hey, this is what I did. And they learn be, Oh, that did that. But I was going to say some other more passive things you can do to teach your kids. Like Mm-hmm. I always love it when I'm up early reading my Bible and my kids wake up. Oh, absolutely. And they see me reading my Bible yeah. every single morning because yeah. that's like, they're, it's just putting in their right. brain, like, they don't even put mm-hmm. words to it. They may walk right to the TV and try yeah. to turn it on. I'm exactly the same way. But yeah, that's cumulative effect is as they grow up, they're like, yeah, I always, I always see dad like reading his word and praying. Like, yeah. You know, like they'll remember that their whole life. Of like, it wasn't just on Sundays that he. Took his Bible and cracked it open. Right. You know. Or if they wake up, like, if you put them to bed and they come out and you and mom are always watching TV. Right. You know, that's probably not as good as good of a um, a teaching moment as if, like, you guys are kneeling praying on the couch together. Right. You know, like, imagine, imagine them seeing that multiple times. Like, wow, mom and dad must pray, like, all the time. Like, right. that's cool. And we don't do that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we did. Yeah. You know, I'm, but, I'm definitely working on getting better at leading our family that way and my wife's great in helping me with that and so you can assess yeah. like what are your kids seeing in your household all the time because that's where they spend majority of their time yeah or if they're in school especially which, during covid <laughs> right right i was gonna say now if they're in school 
you right. got to think about all that you're combating mm-hmm. that they're seeing at school in a worldly environment. Right. Which is, I'm not saying be homeschooled because homeschool is not the answer either if your house isn't godly and worshipful. Right. Yeah, there's just different challenges for either way you go. And whichever route you go, you have to be diligent in what you're teaching your kids. And and that's been cool, too. I will say, you know, my son's in elementary school, and and he 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 really loves the school. He's like that kid. He likes the classroom environment, yeah. you know. But it, it was actually really cool, too. He came home, and he was telling me about um, what they were learning. They were learning about, like, dinosaurs and a lot of that kind of stuff and we were able to have like a creation discussion and I was able to have like the discussion with him like hey you're going to learn some things in school that teach against what the Bible teaches us about creation and um, you just need to be aware of that because you know in the world people don't always follow God and and the world doesn't view God the way we do you know we had that great discussion it was cool to help him watch him process that and think through that. And it's okay. Like I'm not saying there's not dinosaurs and we're able to look at some verses. Like, I mean, it talks about Leviathan and stuff. Obviously we don't say that they didn't exist, but the way that you're taught about how creation came about this big bang and all that stuff in school is not really true or biblical. Yeah. That's okay. Like it's good for you to know that's out there. It's also good for you to learn to like say, it's okay to not trust everything that is taught yeah. in the world. Yeah, someone who's very passionate about that is Vody Bauckham. That's mm-hmm. where I initially read the Family Shepherds book that got me. We did a church yeah. uh, men's study on that. And since then, I've been very passionate about this. But he he's written a few books on that and just goes into more detail. It's a good resource. Like if someone's like, okay, how do I get started with this? That's where I started. Vody Bauckham. Then I went and bought like I don't know, 15 kids' uh, Bible study books like just to read at night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they love it. Yeah. So anyway, hopefully um, we've been helpful. Josh, you got any last thoughts or helpful tips? Um, sure we'll talk again in the future about these things. Yeah, like some of the things I think that stop um, parents from wanting to do this early on yeah. is we already kind of hit the other comforts that they have. Um, they don't view it as a priority. Mm-hmm. They don't feel equipped. Yeah. But like we talked about, Go to your pastors to get equipped and let your kids watch you get equipped. Right. Like, the, don't. It's really not an excuse because we live in a world now of information. If you want. My goodness, yeah. If you want a book, you can order it off Amazon and be there tomorrow. Like, yeah. And be in a solid church that has solid pastors and teachers and shepherds within your church. Someone can help guide you and disciple you. Yeah. Uh, parents will think their kids are too young, but like. Even an eight-month-old kid can see that you're prioritizing talking to God, Absolutely. praying. You can do that through posturing, mm-hmm. folding your hands, kneeling. Like they see that, and they're like, "Okay, this really matters to this right. guy." And for young it dads, matter to me, I will tell you one thing that I did that was so helpful to me. This is going to sound silly, but when Hudson was first born, actually, right before he was born, I began I began praying well before he was born. But when he was very first born, newborn baby, just home from the hospital. Every night, I would read the Jesus Storybook Bible to him and pray over him. And I know he didn't understand anything that I was saying. Right. Obviously, he was a few, you know, a few days old. I was training myself mm-hmm. to build the habit of be doing diligent that with my children. Yeah. And and as he continued to get older and understand, like we just kept doing that, 
to where it was normal for us to do that. And it was more of a habit builder for me as a dad because I knew at that point, even though I think those prayers and everything were definitely important and God uses all of it, but I knew that obviously he wasn't really hearing or understanding what I was saying at that time. Yeah. But I was trying to build the habit so when he was old enough to understand that it was something I did as a natural, normal thing. So begin training yourself now. Well, so, and I think the focus should be less on what they're actually taking away and learning Mm because they'll seem uninterested 90% of the time. That's what kids do. They're just not interested in what you're saying. But the more, like, the thing you're trying to impress upon them is that it is just important to you and it's important to your family. So, like, they're learning that underlying truth and then through that they're going to, like, the truths will trickle Mm in. But more importantly, you're, you're, having them see that this is important. Right. Like dad reads the Bible every morning. We pray every night. We sing all the time. Like, right. So that's kind of what they're taking away. And once again, you don't want it to f- look like duty. You want it to look like delight. And you're only going to delight in doing these things if you actually delight in the Lord yourself. Yeah. In full circle. You have to, have to, have to work on your own heart with God. Because um, otherwise, it's going to come off. It'll feel like duty. Not that that's bad. I mean, Hey, if you're talking about the, the word of God with your kids, that's that's better than not doing it. But man, don't don't treat this as just a task and a formula that's going to make your kid a good kid. Yeah, that's not that's not the point of this. Second Timothy three fourteen says, "But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus." Great place to end. Cool. Hopefully this is helpful, and um, please reach out to us. Um, if you're looking to grow in this area, especially if you're in our church. tons of resources. If you're at the Field Church, please reach out to myself. You know, I oversee our discipleship. Reach out to Josh. We will be happy to. Melissa Beer and Amy. Melissa Beer, Amy, Pastor Sam, any of us. Like, send us an email. Shoot us a text. DM us on uh Instagram, is that what you say? Slide into our DMs. <laughs> I just want dad mode on Yeah, that. there you go. Um, whatever you got to do, please, we want to help. And if you're not a part of our church, but you're a part of a healthy church and you need help with this, reach out to your pastor. They should be able to help. All right, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Change Up podcast. This podcast is made possible by The Field Church in Mandeville, Louisiana. If you don't have a home church, please come check us out. We have service times at 845 and 1045 on Sundays, and you can find more information at thefieldnola.com. If you found this podcast to be helpful, please share it with a friend or family member and rate and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other people just like you find us.